Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table, where every episode, well, most episodes, sometimes you just get me talking, but most episodes, I interview people who are entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, business leaders, or people who just want to be more entrepreneurial inside their job, and we find out some of their journey, what motivates them to be able to be so successful with the end goal of trying to inspire those of you who listen to figure out, is your ladder against the right wall, and If you want to go pursue something else, maybe some little nuggets of information of what you can do. And today I'm really excited because I love to interview people who've made a big shift. I made a big shift almost nine years ago and left the corporate world of being a corporate, you know, marketing person to go off and start my own career as a, as a professional speaker, which eventually led to having this podcast and becoming a professional master of ceremonies, but way different from what I was doing, kind of working the nine to five corporate gig. And I love it when people take a big shift. And that's what today's guest did. And that's why when uh, I heard about him, I said, you've got to be a guest on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So Tony Conti is the chief executive officer of The Independent Grid, a turnkey business platform dedicated to helping financial advisors gain independence without having to go it all alone. And as we know, if you go it all alone, you're reinventing the wheel. So having some sort of a framework there is always awesome. He's also the managing partner at Conte Wealth Advisors, an independent financial services firm. Now, Tony left his job at CNN Yes, the news organization, where he was a lead producer and a writer for many years, and he left it to go pursue a path of entrepreneurship and leadership. When he created The Independent Grid, he had a vision for helping other financial advisors tap into the independent market and be entrepreneurs themselves. And that story sort of reminds me of the episode three or four episodes back when we had Kevin E. West, the actor, who decided he was going to help other actors figure out how to tap into Hollywood. And this is sort of a theme that I think is important to listen to, and that is every now and then something comes along where you have to look at your industry with fresh eyes. And if you can take a little twist, you can create an entire new business for yourself without having to invent a whole new industry. So I am really proud and happy to invite Tony Conti here to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Hey, Tony, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, and certainly thank you for having me. No, it's great. So tell us a little bit more about your business. I I read these bios on every show, but, you know, the bio is what some PR person helped you put together. Who is Tony Conti, and what do you do? Sure. So uh, I am – I serve in two capacities. Uh, I'm managing partner of Conti Wealth Advisors. Uh, It's a traditional wealth management firm. Uh, We offer up financial planning services uh, to our clients. We offer up – um, 401k plans, um, uh, insurance uh, services, uh, really anything that covers you know certified financial planning or investment management. That's the kind of thing that we do. And our client in 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 that business is traditional um, you know wealth management clients, so individuals or businesses um, that that are looking for wealth management and planning services. Now, in my other capacity as CEO of the Independent Grid, uh, a relatively recently um, started uh, a business, one that we started about two years ago. Um, in that capacity, our clients are advisors. So what we do with the independent grid is we provide compliance oversight services, as well as marketing support, business coaching, um, event planning. Uh, we offer up the opportunity for any advisors that choose to join us and choose to affiliate with us. Um, we, we offer them the opportunity to grow their business with a team that understands uh, the difficulty and the challenges uh, in the independent space as advisors. Those folks that maybe don't want to go it alone, but want to benefit from independence. Interesting. So what sort of led you to leave CNN? I mean, I would think, oh my gosh, I'm a writer and a producer at CNN. This is like the dream job for millions of people. What made you say, yeah, I'm going to go into financial planning? Well, I'll tell you, it was doubly difficult because not only was it a um, a, a really high-profile uh, career, um, and 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 
I mean, friends and family had looked at me, I think, after four years of working there and had said, wow, you know, you've really arrived. So there's that side of it. The other side of it, I think, is that, you know, after four years of climbing that ladder and getting to a point that I was really proud of uh, the work that I was doing, uh, it was uh, that much more difficult. I mean, when you spend that much time uh, and dedication um, and give up so much of your life to make something successful, uh, it's difficult, I think, to walk away from it. But ultimately, um, and, and it, it, just to give you a sense of what that looks like, when I started at CNN, I was in the video journalist program, which is a program where uh, individuals from really all walks of life start at CNN from the ground up. So you're ripping scripts, um, you're uh, rolling the teleprompter. I mean, I was working overnights for CNN International. I would work from midnight to nine in the morning. Um, and, and, you know, you pay your dues uh, for uh, a few months, maybe even a year doing that. Uh, I've moved up to uh, taking in feeds. So a little bit more of a technical role where you're receiving video uh, recording at the time it was tape, recording on tape uh, and taking the tape to the right places. And then I moved up to associate producer and then I was producing. Uh, by the time uh, I had made the decision to leave, I had worked with uh, Anderson Cooper, Paula Zahn, uh, Larry King. I was on Connie Chung tonight. She had had a show for, um, Connie had had a show for about, uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe a year and a half. Um, so I was writing for her and working closely with her. So as you can understand, walking away from something like that was not an easy decision. Frankly, I, I, it was one of those instances where you, where you take a look around and you say, okay, what does it take? Like, what do I want next in my life? All of it started um, when I sat down with Anderson to walk through uh, uh, an open and some teases that I'd written. Uh, so daily, we would, we would walk through these together. He would take a look at them and, and, and review what he liked, what he didn't like, and then he would track them for us. Uh, and, and while we're walking through these, he was happy with the copy but he just kind of stopped at one point and, and looked up and said, well, what do you, what do you really want to do with your life? Like, what are the next steps? <laughs> yeah, that's what and Anderson went, oh. Cooper, that's what Anderson Cooper asks me all the time. No, actually, I don't know. Anderson <laughs> right, Cooper. <you're> right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said, you know, I, I took a minute and I sat there and went, I, I didn't expect that. I was in full on work mode. Uh, and I looked at him and I said, I, I really honestly don't know. And he said, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And I went, okay, well, at least I'm in good company, <laughs> but it doesn't change the fact that now I'm, I'm grappling with this going, does it make sense for me to continue working the amount that I have to work, giving up the things that I've given up? So, um, you know, working at a 24-hour news network, you give up your holidays, you give up your weekends. Uh, the holidays were um, a raffle. I think I won one, one year, I think I might have won Christmas which was a really big deal because of course everybody wanted Christmas or, you know, the, the big holidays. Uh, but every other year I was, I was working when, when, you know, friends and family were getting together and doing their thing. So the amount of time that I'd have to work, the amount of effort I'd have to expend to get to the next position up, which would have been supervising producer, um, was really to me, not a worthwhile pursuit. I, I found at least for me, I looked around and said, okay, while I'm doing something I know I can be proud of, while I'm working in journalism, which had always intrigued me and always interested me, who am I serving and to what extent? I never had that opportunity for interaction with uh, the people that I was serving. So while you'd put together, you'd spend 12 hours putting together an hour-long show, you go into the control room, um, you know, breaking news may entirely change your show after that hour the the you know the control room goes dark and everybody walks out kind of patting themselves on the back for a job well done and i kind of went what for like what this is not the kind of fulfillment i had expected so i walked away from television um i could have gone i had friends over at fox i had friends over at abc um i could have really gone any of those places i was in manhattan at the time um, and my family was from Pennsylvania, central Pennsylvania. Of course, the last place I wanted to go after leaving Manhattan was central Pennsylvania, but I didn't know what else to do. Um, <laughs> it, TV wasn't it for me. So coming back to the area, my grandfather had been a financial advisor. My dad, uh, had, had been, and still is a financial advisor. Uh, and he said, look, at least give this a try. Like, I know you've done other things and I'm sure you want to do other things beyond this, but give this business a chance. And I thought, 
okay, I'm going to do this, you know, be a financial advisor for maybe six months. And then I'm going to find something that's far more exciting and I'm sure a warmer climate and, and, and just do something that's really going to be a thrill. Um, but about six months in, I realized that's when I think I started to realize, look, what I was missing from CNN was the interaction, being able to work with individuals, getting to know them, being almost like being a fly on the wall for the most important parts of their lives, learning from them, and then ultimately tracking their progress. So seeing how the things that I would do would impact their lives over over years. I mean, once I realized that it wasn't about finance at all, and sure, you've got to understand finance. Yes, you've got to have um, you know that toolkit, but ultimately that toolkit isn't the job itself. The job itself is is a people job. That to me was a thrill. So while I always said I'm never going to be a financial advisor, my God, how boring! <laughs> it's what um, Dad does. I, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it's what Dad does. Um, probably. I think I was three years in um, before I said, okay, now I'm definitely going to do this. I've got to figure out how to do this right because you can get your licenses. They don't really prepare you to do the job. And um, I, I started going for the extra education. That's when I went for a master's degree in financial services. Um, my bachelor's degrees were in psychology and Spanish with a minor in creative writing. So I'm just stunned that CNN <laughs> took me to begin with because I really, <laughs> I mean, I spent a lot of time writing for school papers, but that didn't really prepare me to be in the mix with a lot of the folks I was working with. I mean, other individuals that came in in the video journalist program had been anchors um, at, at pretty big uh, local networks across the nation. They'd been directors, they'd been producers. And I was walking into a TV studio for the first time in my life going, okay, I'm here. You know, let's get started. <laughs> Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table, where every episode, well, most episodes, sometimes you just get me talking, but most episodes, I interview people who are entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, business leaders, or people who just want to be more entrepreneurial inside their job, and we find out some of their journey, what motivates them to be able to be so successful with the end goal of trying to inspire those of you who listen to figure out, is your ladder against the right wall? And if you want to go pursue something else, maybe some little nuggets of information of what you can do. And today I'm really excited because I love to interview people who've made a big shift. I made a big shift almost nine years ago and left the corporate world of being a corporate you know, marketing person to go off and start my own career as a, as a professional speaker, which eventually led to having this podcast and becoming a professional master of ceremonies, but way different from what I was doing, kind of working the nine to five corporate gig. And I love it when people take a big shift. And that's what today's guest did. And that's why when uh, I heard about him, I said, you've got to be a guest on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So Tony Conti is the chief executive officer of The Independent Grid, a turnkey business platform dedicated to helping financial advisors gain independence without having to go it all alone. And as we know, if you go it all alone, you're reinventing the wheel. So having some sort of a framework there is always awesome. He's also the managing partner at Conte Wealth Advisors, an independent financial services firm. Now, Tony left his job at CNN Yes, the news organization, where he was a lead producer and a writer for many years, and he left it to go pursue a path of entrepreneurship and leadership. When he created The Independent Grid, he had a vision for helping other financial advisors tap into the independent market and be entrepreneurs themselves. And that story sort of reminds me of the episode three or four episodes back when we had Kevin E. West, the actor, who decided he was going to help other actors figure out how to tap into Hollywood. And this is sort of a theme that I think is important to listen to, and that is every now and then something comes along where you have to look at your industry with fresh eyes, and if you can take a little twist, you can create an entire new business for yourself without having to invent a whole new industry. So I am really proud and happy to invite Tony Conti here to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Hey, Tony, welcome to the show. 
Well, thank you so much, and certainly thank you for having me. No, it's great. So tell us a little bit more about your business. I, I read these bios on every show, but you know, the bio is what some PR person helped you put together. Who is Tony Conti, and what do you do? Sure. So uh, I am. I serve in two capacities. Uh, I'm managing partner of Conti Wealth Advisors. Uh, it's a traditional wealth management firm. Uh, we offer up financial planning services uh, to our clients. We offer up um, 401k plans, um, uh, insurance uh, services, uh, really anything that covers you know certified financial planning or investment management. That's the kind of thing that we do. And our client in 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 that business is traditional. Um, you know, wealth management clients, so individuals or businesses um, that, that are looking for wealth management and planning services. Now, in my other capacity as CEO of the Independent Grid, uh, a relatively recently um, started uh, a business, one that we started about two years ago, um, in that capacity, our clients are advisors. So what we do with the Independent Grid is we provide compliance oversight services as well as marketing support, business coaching, um, event planning. Uh, We offer up the opportunity for any advisors that choose to join us and choose to affiliate with us. Um, We we offer them the opportunity to grow their business with a team that understands uh, the difficulty and the challenges uh, in the independent space as advisors. Those folks that maybe don't want to go it alone but want to benefit from independence. Interesting. So what sort of led you to leave CNN? I mean, I would think, oh my gosh, I'm a writer and a producer at CNN. This is like the dream job for millions of people. What made you say, yeah, I'm going to go into financial planning? Well, I'll tell you, it was doubly difficult because not only was it a, um, a, a really high profile uh, career um, and, 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 and I mean, friends and family had looked at me, I think, after four years of working there and had said, wow, you, you know, you've really arrived. So there's that side of it. The other side of it, I think, is that, you know, after four years of climbing that ladder and getting to a point that I was really proud of uh, the work that I was doing, uh, it was uh, that much more difficult. I mean, when you spend that much time uh, and dedication um, and give up so much of your life to make something successful, uh, it's difficult, I think, to walk away from it. But ultimately, um, and, and it, it, just to give you a sense of what that looks like, when I started at CNN, I was in the video journalist program, which is a program where uh, individuals from really all walks of life start at CNN from the ground up. So you're ripping scripts, um, you're uh, rolling the teleprompter. I mean, I was working overnights for CNN International. I would work from midnight to nine in the morning. Um, and, and, you know, you pay your dues. Uh, for uh, a few months, maybe even a year doing that, uh, I've moved up to uh, taking in feeds. So a little bit more of a technical role where you're receiving video uh, recording at the time it was tape, recording on tape uh, and taking the tape to the right places. And then I moved up to associate producer and then I was producing. Uh, by the time uh, I had made the decision to leave, I had worked with uh, Anderson Cooper, Paula Zahn, uh, Larry King. I was on Connie Chung tonight. She had had a show for um, Connie had had a show for about uh, yeah, I don't know maybe a year and a half, um, so I was writing for her and working closely with her. So as you can understand, walking away from something like that was not an easy decision. Frankly, I, I it was one of those instances where you, where you take a look around and you say, okay, what does it take? Like, what do I want next in my life? All of it started um, when I sat down with Anderson to walk through. Uh, uh, an open and some teases that I'd written. Uh, so daily we would we would walk through these together. He would take a look at them and, and, and review what he liked, what he didn't like, and then he would track them for us. Uh, and, and while we're walking through these, he was happy with the copy, but he just kind of stopped at one point and, and looked up and said, well, what do you, what do you really want to do with your life? Like, <laughs> what are the next steps? Yeah, that's what and Anderson went, oh. Cooper, that's what Anderson Cooper asks me all the time. No, actually, I don't know Anderson <laughs> right, Cooper. <you're> right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said, you know, I, I took a minute and I sat there and went, I, I didn't expect that. I was in full-on work mode. Uh, and I looked at him and I said, I, I really honestly don't know. And he said, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And I went, okay, well, at least I'm in good company. <laughs> but it doesn't change the fact that now I'm, I'm grappling with this going, does it make sense for me to continue working the amount that I have to work, giving up the things that I've given up. So, um, you know, working at a 24-hour news network, you give up your holidays, you give up your weekends. Uh, the holidays were um, a raffle 
I think I won one one year. I think I might have won Christmas, which was a really big deal because, of course, everybody wanted Christmas or you know the, the big holidays. Uh, but every other year, I was I was working when when you know friends and family were getting together and doing their thing. So the amount of time that I'd have to work, the amount of effort I'd have to expend to get to the next position up, which would have been supervising producer, um, was really to me not a worthwhile pursuit. I I found. At least for me, I looked around and said, okay, while I'm doing something I know I can be proud of, while I'm working in journalism, which had always intrigued me and always interested me, who am I serving and to what extent? I never had that opportunity for interaction with uh, the people that I was serving. So while you'd put together, you'd spend 12 hours putting together an hour-long show, you go into the control room, um, you know, breaking news may entirely change your show after that hour the the you know the control room goes dark and everybody walks out kind of patting themselves on the back for a job well done and i kind of went what for like what this is not the kind of fulfillment i had expected so i walked away from television um i could have gone i had friends over at fox i had friends over at abc um i could have really gone any of those places i was in manhattan at the time um, and my family was from Pennsylvania, central Pennsylvania. Of course, the last place I wanted to go after leaving Manhattan was central Pennsylvania, but I didn't know what else to do. Um, it, TV wasn't it for me. So coming back to the area, my grandfather had been a financial advisor. My dad, uh, had, had been, and still is a financial advisor. Uh, and he said, look, at least give this a try. Like, I know you've done other things and I'm sure you want to do other things beyond this, but give this business a chance. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do this, you know, be a financial advisor for maybe six months. And then I'm going to find something that's far more exciting and I'm sure a warmer climate and, and, and just do something that's really going to be a thrill. Um, but about six months in, I realized that's when I think I started to realize, look, what I was missing from CNN was the interaction, being able to work with individuals, getting to know them, being almost like being a fly on the wall for the most important parts of their lives, learning from them, and then ultimately tracking their progress. So seeing how the things that I would do would impact their lives over over years. I mean, once I realized that it wasn't about finance at all, and sure, you've got to understand finance. Yes, you've got to have um, you know that toolkit, but ultimately that toolkit isn't the job itself. The job itself is is a people job. That to me was a thrill. So. While I always said I'm never going to be a financial advisor, my God, how boring! It's what um, Dad does. I, Ugh. <laughs> exactly, it's what Dad does. Um, probably, I think I was three years in um, before I said, "Okay, now I'm definitely going to do this. I've got to figure out how to do this right because you can get your licenses. They don't really prepare you to do the job." And um, I, I started going for the extra education. That's when I went for a master's degree in financial services. Um, my bachelor's degrees were in psychology and Spanish with a minor in creative writing. So I'm just stunned that CNN <laughs> took me to begin with because I really, <laughs> I mean, I spent a lot of time writing for school papers, but that didn't really prepare me to be in the mix with a lot of the folks I was working with. I mean, other individuals that came in in the video journalist program had been anchors um, at, at pretty big uh, local networks across the nation. They've been directors, they've been producers. And I was walking into a TV studio for the first time in my life going, okay, I'm here. You know, let's get started. <laughs> so so it's a, it was a, a big change. So now that you've been doing this for a long time, what do you absolutely love about the entrepreneurial life you've created versus sort of that, you know, corporate grind or that newsroom journalism grind? So nobody tells me what to do. And I love that. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. Clients will help guide me toward the things that they need. But whenever I'm doing something, I get to decide whether or not uh, there is value in that thing. If there's not value in doing something, I get to say, look, I'm not going to do this. Like gone are the days of me having to report to, to you know, a, a boss somewhere who says, look, do it this way because this is the way we, we've always done it. Um, it wasn't always... Uh, it wasn't always welcome um, to, to, to raise the red flag and say, yeah, but what about trying it this way? This way might be a little bit easier. Being your own boss, I had the opportunity to welcome that insight from all of the folks that choose to work with us. So from a lot of our staff, from other advisors, but ultimately I get to decide what I'm going to spend my time, effort, and energy on. 
So are there ever any days, though, where you think, this is frustrating. I, God, I, I could be a senior producer right now just hanging out with Anderson. So, uh, yeah, so just just hanging out with Anderson isn't quite how it would work. But, um, <laughs> Come on, having I mean, a beer after work with with Palazan and Anderson. <laughs> so I will say Anderson is a great guy. Like the 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 week after I'd left, I'd left uh, while he was on vacation. The week after I'd left, when he came back um, uh, from vacation, he called me on my cell. I think it was at the when when there used to be record stores in New York City. Um, <laughs> I was at the Virgin Mega Store, like pawing through some CDs, uh, and and he called me on my cell and said, "Look, where are you?" And I said, "Well, you know, I've left. I'm not doing this anymore." He said, "Well, do you want to come back?" And I said, "I don't. I don't think I do." And it's a tough thing to tell Anderson. I I'm just not interested in doing this anymore. Um, so, I mean, to answer the question, I, I mean, ostensibly, I still have a number of friends in, um, in television, uh, a friend, a good friend who's a supervising producer at Fox news in DC. Um, I've got some friends up in New York that are working at CNN still and some friends in Atlanta. I don't think it's a world I'd ever be interested in going back to. Now, don't get me wrong. There are days that I wake up and go, man, this is a grind, but it's my grind, <laughs> right? Like it's, it's, I get to decide how my day goes. It's totally up to me. And there's, there is a thrill and, and an, an incredible amount of fear that comes along with doing that. The challenge is so great that I just, it invigorates me. Um, this, I've never worked as hard as I, as I work when I'm working for myself. So I'm thinking right now about the newsroom because we have that in common. I actually served some time in a newsroom, although it was high school. So in the 80s, my high school had a closed circuit <laughs> television newscast, which nowadays isn't that uncommon. But in the 1980s, yeah. for a high school to have a closed circuit, full TV network with a full studio was kind of rare. And the reason we had that is I went to high school right across the street from Santa Anita Racetrack. And when they upgraded all of their cameras in, I guess, the 70s to higher quality, you know, still pre-digital, but higher quality cameras and higher quality uh, it's closed circuit televisions around the track, they donated all of their equipment to the high school across the street. And so sometime before I got there, the high school created a television news program called the Apache News. And it was sort of uh, anchored by, I think each year there were six anchors and two people did each show. It was twice a week in homeroom and it was usually the cheerleaders and the football players and kind of the you know the the, the school president and stuff like that were the people chosen to be the anchors uh, but I tried out my junior year and although I wasn't one of the popular kids apparently I had this skill to communicate that I now use as a professional speaker and as a podcast host but I was uh, one of the anchor people on the Apache News my senior year so I was laughing when you were talking about it because I thought well I was in a newsroom we had to write our own copy, but we were reporting on like, you know, the boys varsity basketball team and things like that. But uh, I was just laughing because I thought, see, we have that in common. You know, it's it, regardless of what you're reporting on, it's really not that different. I mean, sure, uh, it's a, obviously a much larger news organization and they tackle different kinds of issues. Different personalities are involved. But ultimately, it's the same thing. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It's communication. Like I, I talked to somebody, I don't know, I was talking to a client like maybe a week or two ago. We were just discussing, you know, moving from one career to another. And I, th I think his son is currently a civil engineer, but he's thinking of going into uh, the car business, um, taking over the family's, um, you know, auto dealership. And, and I said, well, what is it? What does it take, to, you know, to be a civil engineer? And are those skills, um, are, are, are they transferable uh, to running that kind of a business? And I think we both landed at the same place, which is ultimately it's a people business, no matter how you're doing it. Um, and that's very much how CNN was. I mean, I learned, were it not for my time at CNN, I don't think I ever would have been prepared to do the kind of work that I'm doing now because I learned a different way to communicate. Um, I learned how to um, how to understand different kinds of people in different ways. And, and in that communication, I, I can better understand. I became it, it was easier for me to understand when I wasn't clearly communicating with them, even if they didn't know it. Do you know what I mean? So it gave me the opportunity to really hone my skill. And now the thing that keeps me coming back to work every day doing this, you know, aside from the fact that, I mean, my clients are just friends. I mean, they're good people. Uh, that I enjoy meeting with. Aside from that, it's the 
the thrill that I get from being able to take a really complex issue, a complex idea um, that maybe they're not already familiar with, and and to boil it down to a few key components that are understandable and digestible. Uh, that communication is fun for me. Well, I think communication is important in every business, but I, you know, I say it all the time on this show. It doesn't matter what you do. Really, there's some similarities between businesses. So I'll interview people who are financial planners or people who work in the media or people who are doctors or lawyers or dog catchers. And at the end of the day, the advice they give, the smartest people who listen to this show aren't just saying, well, I won't listen to that show because that person's not in my industry. The smartest people are the ones who say, wait a minute. That person's not in my industry. What can I listen to what they say and twist it to make it fit in my industry? So I think, you know, I think we're all much more interconnected in this world of business than uh, sometimes we care to believe. Oh, some of the best ideas that I get come from other individuals that are running their own businesses that are totally different businesses. I've gotten some of our best ideas from manufacturing firms, you know, how they manage employees, how they deal with clients. Um, I, I'm in a number of different uh, groups with business with other types of business owners, um, and each of those groups, because they have different kinds of business owners and totally different businesses from mine, bring me fresh ideas. Like at some point in the advisory world, you can go to so many conferences, you can hear so many presentations, and after you know probably the first ten years of me as an advisor doing this, I kind of went, okay, I've heard a lot of this before. I need new ideas, and the only place to get them uh, at that point was going to be from outside the outside the, you know, the traditional industry. Sure. So Tony, what advice do you have? If somebody's listening to the show and they're thinking I, my ladder's against the wrong wall. I, I'm like Tony was, you know, when, when he was working in there, maybe they don't have somebody like an Anderson Cooper who asks him that poignant question and says, what would you really like to be doing? I mean, I, I, that sort of is stuck in my head that he even asked that question because I think he's one of the people who, you know, I admire in the fact of how he's sort of grown the career and coming out of the family he's in, he created his own path instead of, you know, sort of riding his mother's coattails. He sort of created his own path and is sort of a doer. And the fact that that question even was something he would ask someone who worked with them is, well, what, would, what do you really want to be doing? I mean, I think that's a gift that he would ask such a question like that. But not everybody has I mean, a coworker who does that. I'll, I'll tell you, it's no mistake most that, that, that most of, you know, the individuals that end up in those types of positions, um, you know, Anderson's position or, or Connie's position, it's no mistake that they come off as surprising in the way that they handle other individuals. It's exactly the same thing that gets them, I think, to the place that they're at. I mean, Anderson, um, you're right, very well could have uh, rid, ridden the family coattails. Um, but instead, he did something that I, I qualify as pretty darn courageous, going out and, and, and charting his own course. He made a decision at some point pretty early on that he wanted to be his own person, and he wanted to um, pursue his passion. And his passion is telling people's stories, mm -hmm. um, being an advocate um, for 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 the public. So, uh, which I think is a pretty cool thing. And, and I'll tell you, leaving um, leaving CNN, or or you know, to, to answer your question, uh, advice to folks that are considering doing something different: uh, prepare yourself. I would say prepare yourself emotionally for a lot of people telling you it's not going to work. Um, <laughs> prepare yourself to, um, to work harder than you've ever worked before. Um, but know that if, if, you, if you put the time and energy and effort into it, know that if you, if you truly listen to critique that you get from other individuals who you respect, that, that you can succeed, but you have to be you have to be ready for the lean years. When I first started doing this, um, yes, my dad was in the industry. For the first couple of years, we didn't work closely together. Uh, and that was by design. And I, was, and I really respect him for that. I mean, he very well could have said, here's a book of business. Go, go work this. Instead, I was making cold, cold calls with all of the other advisors. I mean, I was out there knocking on doors, um, doing the really difficult things that most advisors don't want to do. Um, and, and that ultimately is what got me to the place where now I know how um, to, to acquire clients. I know how to um, make them happy and keep them happy and generate referrals through them. Uh, but were it not for that, those difficult years um, spent you know, with so much rejection, spent by, by being told even by colleagues, look, you're never going to survive in this industry. I mean, that to me was simply fuel to keep me going. Um, I mean, at one point, my, my dad's business partner had told one of our staff, and she eventually confided in me years later, 
uh, told her, don't get too comfortable with your position because um, I, I was I was supporting her at the time as as staff. And he said, look, you know, Tony's not going to be here uh, more than a year. He's just not going to make it in this industry. <laughs> and I, if I listened to everybody that told me that I wasn't going to make it, I wouldn't have even I wouldn't have even bothered. So it's um, so funny. I'm so glad. It's so funny you bring that. Yeah. It's so funny you bring that up because I had so many people, I got laid off in 2009 and, and decided I was going to go become a, a professional speaker and sort of make my way doing that that path. And it was so many people were like, well, there were no jobs out there in 2009. So people were like, oh, that's kind of nice. But like 10, 10 and 11, I still wasn't making the kind of money I made in corporate America. And so many people were like, well, now that the job market's coming back, you know, would you like to talk to us, you know, all this. And then once I started making it and, and earning more than I was making in corporate America, it was interesting how many people told me not. Not to my face, but like behind my back at dinner parties I wasn't at or at lunches, how many of my friends were like, yeah, he's not going to make it. And it was like all these people have come out of the woodwork the last few years saying, yeah, boy, we used to talk about you. I'm so proud of you that you've succeeded because we used to laugh about how long it was going to be till you took another job. And it was like, wow, I really appreciate the the support that was going on behind my back. But, you know, yeah, right. fortunately, I didn't know about but, it, so know, I didn't hear it. It's, you know, it's, it's funny. It's, it's almost exactly the same thing that I went through. And it, and, and the really interesting thing to me at this point is I'm kind of dealing with the other side of it. Now, now that I've gotten to this point, I've put in the hours and I continue to put in the hours. Once you start to, and you know this, once you start doing it, um, once you get into the habit of spending that time and, 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 and really working hard to make something work, it's difficult to turn that off because it's all you've ever known in, in that particular industry. At some point, I started noticing people that had only ever known me as successful in this industry um, are talking behind my back saying, well, the only reason uh, that, you, that you are where you are today is because you were given it all by your by your dad or because, <laughs> you know, your grandfather did all this work. It's like, look, I mean, no matter how much um, any one family member in this industry can give you, you can lose clients just as quickly as as you could try to get them. And, and, and if you are not careful, if you're not working to continue to grow that client base, you'll, you'll lose them. I mean, that, that's what happens. So it's, it's interesting that the conversation still happens without me, but it's a totally different kind of conversation. I, you know, I'll sit there quietly and go, okay, I know that's happening, but ultimately it just doesn't matter anymore. I know what I'm doing. I've got my focus and I know where I'm going to be in, you know, one year, three years, five years. Well, and it's interesting for me just with this little podcast. It's like I started it three years ago. I've now done you know over 315, 316 episodes, and I've interviewed close to 300 people. A couple of the episodes are just me, but most of it I'm interviewing really smart people like you who just sort of share their journey. And in November, I was named uh, in an article on Inc.com one of the eight entrepreneur podcasts to watch, and it, it skyrocketed the listenership, and I don't know how long that'll stick around, but it really did get a lot. But I started having people saying to me, oh, you're so lucky. Or, you know, uh, what did you have a PR company that got you that? And I'm like, no, it was sort of, I, I don't know who the, the writer was. It was a word of mouth thing. But all these people, like, they don't know me. So they're assuming that I had to have some magic dust from a PR person or this and that. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that I've just taken action and interviewed 300 really cool people who share really good stories about their path. You know, I, I like to think, you know, that, but everybody wants to read into it that somehow I either got lucky or I, I manipulated my way into it. It's like, eh, you know, whatever. They can they can say what they want, but I just sort of chuckle at it. Well, and, and, and I think that's interesting because to me, I've always looked at it as, you know, the people around me and, and, and me myself, I mean, the people around us have to create stories about who we are and about who they are. And, and I don't own the story that they create about me. Uh, I don't have any control over it. I don't have any interest in participating in it, but I respect the fact that they, you know, that they even bother to think of me at all. So <laughs> it, it, in the end, um, if I, if I know the story that I'm going to create for myself and for my own life, and I'm true to that, um, and it's, and it's pure, uh, and it's of pure intent, then I know I'm going the right direction. Well, and that's good advice. We can't we can't get upset. I recently had someone tell a story about me that got back to me because that's the other thing. When you when you when you gossip about somebody, someone you gossip to will call that person. It, it cracks me up that how often people call and say, "Do you know what so and so said about you?" And it's like, <laughs> a 
why are you calling me to tell me? Because A, I don't really care. But B, did that yeah, person... What kind of friend are you? <laughs> well, but when they confided in that person, they confided with the assumption that that person would never sell them out. And yet the person always sells them out. I mean, I always hear stuff. But, you know, this one person, you know, did a diatribe about what my business was like and why it was a certain way and sort of undermined uh, to somebody sort of the credibility of, of what I was doing. And what he thought my business looked like might be what it looked like from the outside to somebody who was trying to create a similar type thing and, you know, all that. But it was like, that's nothing that my business looks like. It's like not even what I do on a daily basis. And I just laugh because, you know, people do create those stories in their heads and and sometimes it's for their own self-justification. And I just smile and, you know, as long as my clients like me and, you know, the listenership of this show keeps growing and things like that, then, you know, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Well, and I, th- and I think you're right. Uh, Everyone on the outside looking at us as business owners or looking at the business itself, none of them have a sense of the infrastructure we've put in place to make it work, to keep it going. So while, sure, we can put a good face on any kind of business, it won't keep working and it won't keep moving unless you've spent the time to build the infrastructure, to build it the right way so that it can grow, so that it can handle, um, just like with the independent grid. Our, our goal is to continue recruiting. Right now we've got, uh, we have 13 advisors um, and a fair number of those are with Conti Wealth Advisors, but some of them are under the grid. Uh, well, the, the grid itself um, really has to have a, a, a strong base um, it has to have uh, all of the amenities that we're promising to the advisors that they can get if they come and, and, and join us. We couldn't um, we couldn't even you know start on our website until we were about a year and a half into building the company behind the scenes. And it's funny, or I think it'll be interesting to me a few years from now once we've got you know the number of advisors we're looking to achieve. Once we're you know fifty, hundred, maybe two hundred advisors deep. Uh, it'll be interesting to me to hear what the stories are about what our business is from folks that don't understand the infrastructure, don't understand the time we've spent to build it in a different way uh, than most other firms like ours. Yep. And they'll make stuff up and they'll say you were lucky or that you fell into it or whatever, and they won't take into effect yeah. the, the, the multiple years that you put in to get there. Hey, Tony, I've got more questions for you. I'm not going to let you go yet. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Tony. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So, Tony, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is the coolest thing you're doing with your business right now? The coolest thing. So it's difficult for me to understand the financial world in terms of coolness, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but we try to make it as cool as possible. The, the, the funny thing to me coming from an industry that was so vastly different than this one was by, by joining an industry that was pretty well entrenched um, with fresh eyes. Uh, you can find so many um, opportunities to affect positive change. Opportunities that folks that maybe have worked in this industry their entire lives would never see because you know there are a lot of things you take for granted over time. Um, I, I think among the cooler things that we're doing, um, I'll tackle it from the CWA, from the Conti Wealth Advisors level and from the independent grid level. From With, with Conti Wealth Advisors, we actually just, before I stepped on this call, um, had a meeting uh, with our staff to discuss how we can make our clients' lives easier. I mean, we've got plenty of processes in place. We've got a lot of different things we do for our clients, traditional client-type events. We also host um, uh, networking events for clients. Um, we have client gifts every year that we give out. But the opportunity to sit down with our staff four times a year, we do it quarterly, and just ask the question, what can we do to make our clients' lives easier, generates so many opportunities, 
so many uh, different things that we can do we hadn't thought about before. One of the things that came out of the meeting last year uh, that we started to implement last year and then we're continuing this year was something as simple as asking our clients if we can communicate directly with their CPA to provide tax documents directly to the CPA as soon as we get them because we're in a position to know, hey, this company is going to provide this tax document on this date, but they'll get an updated one you know, two weeks later. I don't want my clients waiting for these tax documents to come because they come later and later every year, waiting for them, waiting for them to come before they go to see their CPA. In the end, it frustrates the CPAs, frustrates the clients, and here we are in a position to ameliorate that. Why not? So by, by doing something as simple as providing tax documents directly to the CPA and letting the clients know that we're doing it, we've now freed up our clients to meet with their CPAs whenever they'd like. CPAs really enjoy working with us now in a way that maybe it, you know we were just like any other advisor before. And CPAs understand that if they send prospective clients to us, that we care about them, that we care to the extent that we can make the CPA's life easier as well. So it's not only made our client base stickier, but it, in the end, it's also generated some pretty strong uh, referral relationships with CPAs that, that get it, that, that know that we're up to something a little different than some of the other local firms. Uh, and I think from the independent grid side, just the opportunity to offer uh, in 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 the in the world of compliance, um, uh, when we affiliate with broker dealers, uh, uh, the independent grid, just like many other offices of supervisory jurisdiction across the United States, serve their advisors in a compliance capacity. That's their primary function, and that remains the independent grid's primary function. The, the cool thing I think that, that we're trying to do with the grid is offer a lot more than that. Why shouldn't we? I mean, we, we're positioned to be a firm that can offer up marketing support. We've got incredible um, advisors that already work with us. Why can't we mine uh, what, what they're doing and talk to them about it and bring them to the table to help other advisors? I mean, it can be a very, very lonely industry without that kind of support. And most traditional offices of supervisory jurisdiction really forego that just to offer up you know, compliance services. Why can't we offer up event planning? I, I've held plenty of events for clients. I know, uh, you know on this date you should be sending out the invitation, uh, getting RSVPs by this date, then three weeks before the event you do this thing. Why can't we just package all of that and hand it to our network of advisors that want to host those kinds of events? Why reinvent the wheel? So I think, you know, from the grid side, one of the coolest things we're doing is helping advisors grow in a new and different way um, that they can do it together. I think that's I think that's awesome. And I think anytime you can bring people together, you know, you're, you're doing something cool because that's where opportunities come from. Opportunities come. People do business with people they know, like and trust. So when you're bringing people together, opportunities are going to spark. Hey, I always love to ask people who come on the show who it is in the world of entrepreneurship that they admire, because we could talk about Tony and Conte Wealth Advisors all day long and all the great stuff you're doing. However, I think good entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. So I love to know who other people admire. Who do you see out there where you think hmm, they're doing something cool? You know, I, I really have. It, it, it's tough for me to, to say anything other than I've, I've got incredible admiration for my dad and my uncle. Um, both of them had been in the industry. My dad and I now co-own Conti Wealth Advisors and we co-own the independent grid together. Um, and my uncle had been in the industry. So my dad's brother had been in the industry for a bunch of years and was very, very successful. Um, I have a lot of respect for both of them in that they both did, did the really difficult things that most advisors prefer not to do that helped them to become uh, incredibly successful. And they've done it with with a certain kind of grace, um, I think their their clients understand that they care deeply uh, about the relationship, but also about them. Uh, and I think that there, there's a there, there's kind of a warmth to the relationships that they've created over the years uh, that I hope to be able to do in the coming years. So certainly, if if there was anybody that I was going to say I have a heck of a lot of respect for, it's of course my mentor, my dad. I think that's great. The final question for everybody is, what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because I think we want to do and should do more than just make money. I think we should leave a mark behind. So so what do you do in the world of charity, philanthropy, and giving back? Sure. So I'm on a number of different uh, boards, regional, uh, it, it, to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So I'm in 
Um, I, I work between Harrisburg, Pennsylvania and Fort Myers, Florida. We have offices in both places, advisors in both places, but all of my boardsmanship um, happens in, in central Pennsylvania because that's where I spend most of my time. Uh, I'm on the board of Leadership Harrisburg Area uh, that helps grow local leaders uh, by introducing them to the area, uh, introducing them to the amenities in the area, um, and helping them to get to know other um, local leaders. Uh, I'm also on the board of an NPR affiliate, WITF. Um, WITF uh, being uh, a, a local news organization, again, that, that, that subscribes to NPR, that provides NPR um, uh, uh, programming, uh, is right down my alley. Uh, again, I remain incredibly passionate about journalism, especially in these times, and the value of journalism to the public, that I want to support that in any way I can. And that, to me, is, is probably one of the biggest ways that I'm able to give back. Uh, I also uh, am on the board of the uh, Estate Planning Council of Central Pennsylvania, um, and I think I think that's I think that's it. I of course give give of my time uh, and, and and treasure in different ways, uh, but those I would say are the three primary things I'm doing. No, I think that you know when when we can help guide and steer these uh, organizations that are doing such good, that's that's an important way that we do give back. So I, I cheers to you for that. Hey, if somebody's listening to this and they have to know more about you, maybe they're an independent advisor and they want to know more about the the grid or, you know, maybe for some other reason you said something that really resonated and they've got to find you. How do people get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, I'm, I take emails. If anybody wants to email me, they can email me at T Conti, T as in Tony, T Conti, C-O-N-T-E at ContiWealth.com. Um, they can also go to www.ContiWealth.com. Uh, or if they want to learn more about the independent grid, they can go to um, theindgrid.com. So T-H-E-I-N-D-G-R-I-D.com. Perfect. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the show and for sharing your story and and uh, for, for opening up your path, because I think it's when people like you share their journey, it's when other people can get inspired. So I love having people like you on the show. So thanks for being here. Well, well, certainly thank you for having me. And thank you for for bringing me to the cool kids table, uh, <laughs> as you said at the beginning of the podcast. Never had an opportunity to be there, but I love it here. So thank you. Well, now, now you have, and, and the seat is always warm for you. So you're always welcome back. Hey, and to everybody who listened, I say it every show, if it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have a show. I do this for me, but I also do this for you. So keep tuning in. If you like the show, jump over to iTunes and leave a review. It makes my day just so much better when somebody reviews the show in a positive manner. Uh, If you want to follow us on Facebook, it's Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. On Twitter, at Cool Podcast. And uh, you can always find all the information about me at TomSinger.com. That's T-H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. And if you want to join the Potential Mastermind Project, which is the little group coaching program that I have. You can find that information at potentialmastermind.com. But I'll tell you what, because you listened all the way to the end, if you'd like to join for half price, send me an email at tom at tomsinger.com and I'll send you a specific link so that you can do it at half price because uh, that's only for people who stick with the show all the way to the end. So feel free to reach out to me by email anytime. We're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Tony. I know it seems hard, but it's true. Uh, But in the meantime, you go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.